I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball. And of course, the defending World Series champion, Chicago Cubs. Hi, I'm this is Anna Catuli. With me as always is Rice Cube. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing great, man. Oh. It's been a rough patch for the Cubs, but that doesn't mean things have not been interesting. Oh. They just uh moved in, right? So well I moved you in. Sorta. <laughs> yeah, you helped. And it looks like you are having fun in your area. I am. Yeah. It's quite enjoyable. Right. There's a lot of stuff around us. Yeah. Getting back to the Cubs, we've had uh, kind of an exciting time, uh, exciting one and a half or so weeks since we last did a podcast. So, yeah, the Cubs went and visited the White House again. That, that was fun. <laughs> Of course, because after you go 108 years without winning, you have to go twice in the span of six months, right? Yeah, a couple of presidents. Interesting. We had a little bit of fun with our moron gate uh, scandal. Oh, yeah. It's always fun when you <laughs> put, put in print what people say all the time. So Yeah. That always Gets a lot of fun comments. And, of course, Miguel Montero said some things. What are you Ooh. eating? Oh, nothing. I'm just trying to fix some stuff. Oh, okay. Trying to trying to multitask. Multitask. Okay. Because I could fun totally stuff. hear you, and so can our listeners. <laughs> ah, but that's, that's they fine. can't see me. That, that's fine. Wait. Like, we always have white noise here and there, so we'll figure that out later. I, I guess we'll preemptively apologize for any sound issues because we are, after all, Luddites. And it's amazing that we can even get this thing started at all. So, yep, how's that for a plan? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good, man. That's rock and roll. All right. So uh, we had some fun with the White House. Obviously, not everybody's happy with our current administration. Let's say... Oh, yeah. I, I guess that's that the nicest skip. thing. Yeah. The nicest thing we skipped. can say. Yeah, there are people that skipped when they went to see Obama. There's people that skipped when they come and see the current guy, Trump. So, yeah, I think it's just standard that people are going to hate going. Yeah. No matter who's in there, others will go just because it's in, just because of the honor of it. Right. Yeah, I don't think uh, we're equipped to go into how, you know, tone deaf some of the comments have been or, you know, the optics of the situation. Obviously, you know, the president invites you, you either go or you don't. And, you know, this is America and you can do whatever you want. I kind of liked uh, what Albert Elmora sort of did or did not do with his finger. And, you know, <laughs> he, he can kind of... Uh, Kind of deny that all he wants, but it, it was kind of a funny photo. So tell us, just for those of us that <clears throat> didn't see it, can you put in general terms maybe what he did? 
Uh, there was a little bit of a finger issue where, you know, he put, you, you do the finger guns, uh, on the left hand, it appeared as so he was flipping the bird. And, you know, obviously you could see the other finger as well, but it, it was kind of a optically interesting, uh, still shot from many people's point of view. And, you know, Albert had to say, well, no, I wasn't giving the president a finger because... That is, depending on who you talk to, it might be a little disrespectful, although for some of us, uh, and you'll tell us to stick to sports, but I thought it was funny. Oh, yeah. It could be funny and probably voices what many Cub fans think. But, yeah, that would be kind of disrespectful. You can say what you want, but when you're actually with the man, it's probably best to be polite and not do anything obscene. I kind of like what Carl Edwards uh, said, you know, yeah, I'd rather go see some dinosaur museums or whatever, and that that's kind of cool. Like, uh, my wife was showing me some Instagram of Cubs on the bus, including, like, Javi and Pedro Strope, and they're doing their thing. And it, it was nice for them to say this wasn't, like, a political statement or it wasn't mandatory, but at the same time, you, you kind of noticed that it wasn't quite as many players going, and uh, you Kind of can't blame them in this climate. I mean, I'm with Carl Edwards. I'd rather go see the dinosaurs than see Trump. But, yeah, this isn't exactly a political blog, so we'll kind of just keep it sports-related. Oh, one, one more thing with um, Longer talking in the White House. Tom R- uh, Todd Ricketts might have had the best line where he said, don't worry about the Nationals. We'll take their, they'll crumble against us in the playoffs. And Trump actually agreed. Then, yeah, probably they will. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably yeah. take credit of that if the Cubs end up winning this uh, particular series. It's a, it's a yeah, pretty tough team. Yeah, he'll probably call that fake news and it was taken out of context and whatever. <laughs> but, hey, whatever works for whoever is doing whatever, you know? Yep. As the spring gave away to summer... Past the ivy-colored dreams Toward the days that kept us Yearning for tomorrows Yeah, and speaking of our blog, uh, we I had a little clickbait experiment uh, for those of you who both read our blog and listen to this Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of one of those things where I say, hey, uh, I'm going to post... A, an article that we put some time into, we were thoughtful about it, we did our research, and then we got maybe a few clicks and a couple of comments where it's quite obvious you didn't actually read the article. Yeah, that that's just completely annoying. When we actually work hard and we just get nothing in response, it kind of makes us lose interest in actually trying to write the blog, even though we really love writing stuff. For you guys, but you got to give us something in response. Actually, at least read the first paragraph. Give us something so you actually know what we're actually saying. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of the Twitter previews, even on the front page, we give like about a paragraph or so of of preview, and so it's not like you don't have a teaser uh, uh, for the for the article itself, but Still, you're reacting to the headlines. So I kind of did my, myself a little little troll. I said, hey, 
Joe Madden is a moron. And this is a, actually in response to a lot of uh, different people saying the same things, like Joe Madden is a moron, and they're doing this unironically, where, wait a minute, the, despite what you might think of his political views, where he visited the White House or whatever, and despite, you know, all the weird decisions that he made where you don't might not necessarily agree, I, I don't believe that's the case. So despite the fact that, you know, he's made some interesting decisions, he's made about 50 different lineups uh, in the course of these first 70-odd games, you know, the Cubs are still hovering at 500. Uh, they're a game above right now as of this recording. They are a game behind Milwaukee Brewers. They're very likely not going to sell the, fa- the farm in order to buy, you know, uh, the last remaining middle reliever or the last remaining rental starter. They're not going to also sell, you know, major league ready pieces like Ian Happ in order to get that last piece as well or to rebuild because why, why are they rebuilding? They're in the middle of a, a window of contention right now. But, you know, obviously it hasn't been as hunky-dory as last year when the Cubs basically were wire-to-wire the best team in the majors. At the same time, you know, this manager, this uh, Joe Madden, was able to keep the clubhouse gelling. Everybody was happy, and we'll talk about clubhouse chemistry a little later. But, uh, you know, he he basically allowed this engine to go as well as it could before all the injuries, before, like, the negative regression to you know, whatever Kyle Schwarber is right now, and he's fixing himself at, in the minors uh, to whatever uh, has happened to the pitching, including Jake Arrieta, he's not a mora. He, he's been trying his best to keep this ship afloat, and the fact that people said that is kind of annoying, uh, given that, you know, this is the same team that just won the World Series. Now, when I wrote... Joe Madden is Morin, I did that purely out of clickbait. This is something that Gordon Wittenmeyer does all the time on on his articles, even though, you know, like you click them and you read them, it's not that bad. It's kind of annoying when someone ropes you in with clickbait. And so I did that, and lo and behold, we got 4,000 views ever since uh, this blog came out, you know, people yelling at me on in the comments about, no, Joe Madden is a moron, you're an idiot. And I'm just like, well. Yeah, it just goes to show people didn't actually read it. Exactly, right. So, yeah, I mean, we, we had to do much more damage control on Facebook than on Twitter, but it was kind of funny to show that, you know, I had a hypothesis. You're not reading the articles. Like, we put a lot of work into this, like, Andy puts a lot of work into it, like our various contributors put in a lot of work into their things, and then you don't read it, you don't share, you don't comment. It's frustrating. It is, and we had some fun with this blog because you wrote this when it was announced that Wilson Contreras would be leading off the game. And you you just put, put it in the title, what everybody was voicing on Twitter and Facebook. What is he doing? He's an idiot. Why is he leading a catcher off? So you were basically just saying what everybody else was saying. How could he lead off Wilson Contreras? Why is he leading off a catcher? He's an idiot. He's a moron. All he did was basically put in the print what everybody else was voicing. But I guess that's breaking the cardinal rule. 
you can't put it in public, but we stay behind closed doors. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's just uh, one of those things where you realize, okay, well, no, we're not as big as Baseball's Prospectus, Bleacher Nation, or any one of those like huge Cubs blogs. We're, we're white noise in a sea of Cubs blogdom. This is one of like probably 1,732 different Cubs podcasts, and we're really glad that you show up and you know hang out with us. But man, if you're going to interact with us, at least read what we put some time into to to write this, right? Oh, absolutely. We love talking baseball. Whether you agree with us or not, we love voicing our opinions. We love hearing yours. We just want to be able to know that we're talking about the same exact thing and you're not going off on what you think we said instead of what we actually said. Because otherwise we have to defend ourselves in the comments pretty much saying exactly what we said in the blog because you're not reading that. It's a waste of our time both ways. Yeah, so when we say, you know, read the blog, it's not, well, it is a little bit of frustration on our part because literally you could click it. And this is one of those things that's leading to uh, basically a lot of sports websites firing all their writers because nowadays people have the attention of a goldfish. And, you know, if it's not within 140 characters, if I can't, process it within like 10 20 seconds and even less than that I, i'm not dealing with it uh i have had people in the comments saying i admit that i did not read it i did not go past a headline and i'm just like well that's the freaking point man you, you didn't go past the headline and i'm trying to show you through basically i, I guess it's not purely scientific because we're going through like a, a limited sample through the people that we can reach through our social media uh, network. But it, it just goes to show that the people who are paying attention to us are doing exactly what I'm accusing them of, which is you're not reading. You're not reading past the headline and you're uh, a reaction, a reaction that is purely knee-jerk. Yeah, I mean, there are some that actually did click and read and they were laughing along with us, but the trouble comes with those that don't read. And this has nothing to do with making money. We make jack crap on this blog. It's not about getting a number of hits. It's just being able to interact with people. And we're putting out money for this blog and this webcast, but we don't make Diddly Squad. We just want to interact with you guys. So every now and then, if we have to put forth a clickbait headline to get you to read it, we might have to, just to see if you're paying attention. Right. And... You know, that's the last I'll say about that. I don't know why people follow me. I'm just like a regular guy with a day job or as actually looking for a day job right now. It's uh, going pretty well for me. Like I've had like a few clicks uh, and I go in for an interview later on this week, which is fun and maybe next week as well. And so I, I don't feel too desperate right now, but, you know, this is something that I don't do as a living. This is our hobby, and we like that people appreciate that we ha- have this hobby and we're trying to work hard to build a cool community that we can, you know, interact with. But, uh, you know, if you're not reading our stuff, then, of course, we're going to get slightly annoyed because I think we put out, uh, items that are on par with what you're seeing from some of the bigger sites as well. Absolutely, man. 100%. But 
We just like to know people are actually paying attention to what we say. Are you cooking something back there? Oh, no, I'm just drying some clothes. Oh, okay. Are, do yes. you have a washer-dryer in your unit, or are you uh, are you having to use, like, the communal uh, laundry room? The communal laundry room. Oh, that was a fun that. experience. That's too bad, because, you know, if you, you had your own washer-dryer, that would be an awesome deal for your condo. Like, I, I, I've seen your place. It's actually pretty mm-hmm. nice, and I hope you and your lovely new bride-to-be are a... Uh, are really enjoying it. Oh, we are so far. It's a couple of small uh, speed bumps, but nothing too bad. Yeah. The biggest speed bump is going on with the wedding. Yeah. Unfortunately, her mom's in the hospital. She's been there for a while. Oh, man. It, yeah, it's not looking like she's going to get out in time for the wedding, which is causing a bit of a problem. Yeah, that, that's a bummer, man. But, it is. You know, there's you, always you guys, some ways around it. Yeah, it's probably like Skype or record it. But uh, yeah, you you definitely want somebody to be part of it, especially somebody as precious as your own mother or her own mother in this case. I'm sure your mom's doing fine. She's seen fine yeah, the she's last doing time. Great. Yeah, but yeah. we're probably gonna have like a small private ceremony sometime soon uh-huh. for her parents and my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then have the actual wedding on the actual day. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, it's twice the fun. It's kind of like, you know, know, if you're getting something big like the Cubs winning the World Series, you got to do it twice. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, so one one for the closed circle and uh, one for everybody to enjoy. That's fun. Yep, well, uh, 100%. Yep, speaking of speed bumps. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. boy, we hit one last night. Yeah, you want to take that? <laughs> so, as everybody knows, Miguel Montero, he doesn't really have an arm left anymore. He tries, but he just can't throw people out anymore. Pair him with Jake Arrieta, who can't hold runners on. And I'm talking worse than John Lester. And you're going to have a circus. You're going to have people running around the bases at will. And the Nationals stole seven bases last night. And that's where everything just went crazy. After the game, post-game comments, Miguel Montero basically called out Arietta, bus-tossed him, partially taking blame for, for it, and yet it's on me, but I need some help. My pitchers don't hold on the runners. You blogged on this. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. Arietta sucks at holding on runners, as do most of the pitchers on the Cubs staff. But he can't say that in public. He can't just go about throwing people under the bus because he's upset. Right. And let's uh, take take it a step back. Uh, Jake Arietta what after Miguel Montero said all this stuff, he actually did admit to calling Jake Arrieta. Uh, Arrieta corroborates this. He said, well, we had a talk. I didn't care, but now I feel really bad that basically Miguel Montero has now been designated for assignment. He is most likely going to be 
released, possibly traded for a lottery ticket because, you know, you, you never want to lose anybody for nothing. But, you know, Miguel Montero has about $7 million left on his contract for, for the rest of the season. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of upset about this because it's like Miguel said, uh, he's talking about the truth. And nobody can handle the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! And uh, here, here's the deal. Like, we know that he sucks at throwing out base runners. And when you're kind of uh, making that worse by having a pitcher who absolutely does not care about holding on runners, then it... it makes Miguel Montero, the catcher, look a lot worse than he already is. And so you're basically throwing fire into into gasoline here. And, uh, you know, like, I agree with a lot of people. He shouldn't have aired it out. But uh, when Anthony Rizzo also talked about it, uh, it, it got even worse because you kind of thought, well, maybe they'll talk about to Miguel in private and this will blow over. And it didn't because I'm pretty sure Anthony got a ton of phone calls or texts or just people pulling him aside and said, hey, what the hell was this all about? And that's why he yeah. had to say what he did. Yeah, we were talking last night after the comments if this could possibly lead to the, him being DFA'd. We thought that there was a chance, but they'd probably wait a little while until they found somebody that could easily slide in. But after Rizzo basically called him a selfish player, yeah, it was pretty obvious that Montero was out the door, and Rizzo probably knew about it before the news broke, and that's probably why he said exactly what he said. Right. And here, here's the thing. Like, I, I think of Anthony Rizzo as a pretty cool guy, and it probably takes quite a bit to anger somebody like him. Same time, it's basically the guy who is pointing his finger at the team is getting the same treatment back. Now the team leader is pointing his finger at the guy who pointed his finger in the first place, and it's kind of reciprocal. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and it's hard to tell who is right and who is wrong. Yeah, it should have been handled differently. Miguel Montero probably shouldn't have said anything in the first place or try to keep it closer to his chest, but... That's not what, who Miguel Montero is. Miguel Montero is somebody who uh, says what's on his mind uh, with basically no filter. Absolutely. I mean, he said it himself. He's an honest guy. And he was on with score earlier today, and Boers in golf basically asked him flat out, oh, sorry, Bernstein in golf, if he had to do it all over again, would he say the same thing? He said yes. So he apparently has no hard feelings about it, what happened. He doesn't really care. So he'd keep doing what he do. It's kind of rough because we know, basically, this is the last year of Miguel Montero's contract. This this is it for him. Like, there's no way the Cubs are bringing him back, especially with a few interesting catching prospects on the rise uh, in the minors. So... We know that he's on his way out, but this is like the worst way for him to go out because he had a couple of really, really important plays in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Without so, him, we do not win the World Series. We probably don't even get to the World Series. I mean, he hit the grand slam in game one against, against the Dodgers. That was probably the biggest hit in Cubs history. 
up until Zobrist knocked in um, Elmora. And then, again, when Montero hit uh, the ever-important insurance run, which was the deciding run, even though it wasn't technically the winning run. Right. But people seem to forget that stuff now, or currently, because of what's going on. But five, ten years from now, if somebody just says the name Montero to you, those two players will probably be what gets remembered the most, not this, the way he exited. Yeah, and, you know... It's completely it, different from what Sosa went through. Sosa never won jack crap with us. So most people are going to remember the way he left instead of what he did. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I, I think we could save Sammy Sosa for another day. Suffice it to say that he's still one of our favorite players. And oh, absolutely. We, and we do hope that the Cubs bring him back. Indeed. And the Cubs might unintentionally be retiring his number if... Um, this movement gets completed. There's apparently an underground movement to get Roberto Clemente's number retired league-wide, yeah. which is number 21. Yeah, I don't so think if they're that's retired for underground. Clemente, yeah. Yeah. If they're retired for Clemente, will they also do like they did with Maddox and Fergie, have like a dual retirement, so they don't have to make it all about Sosa, but they can also give him the respect that a lot of people think he deserves while also doing what's best for baseball, retiring Clemente's number. Hmm. That's, that's a very interesting idea. Like, I think because of what he did as a humanitarian and what he was as a player, Clemente probably deserves to have his number retired. But uh, I think there's a lot of people who don't want to cheapen what uh, Jackie Robinson did. Like, you know, Jackie Robinson was a good player. He was a pioneer, and... There's some symbolism behind that, but uh, there's also some symbolism behind the fact that they did uh, name the Humanitarian Award for Major League Baseball after Roberto Clemente because of the kind of person he was. Yeah, he was a great guy, and he lost his life for basically doing what he loved. Yeah. Unfortunately, he lost his life doing it, and a great career was ended a bit, a bit early. Right. But... I can understand wanting to retire his number because he was a pioneer in a way. Maybe not as much as Jackie was. But at the same time, he still made movements. I had this conversation on Facebook, on Twitter not too long ago, and people were saying that he helped make the sport popular in various countries as well. And some tried making comments that he unified countries and stuff too but I'm not 100% sold on it because retiring a number league wide should be something that's saved for something special and landmark breaking stuff like what Jackie did and I'm mm -hmm. not entirely sure no disrespect to Clemente if he's on the same level for what he did as what Jackie did and went through Hmm. But I would have no problem if they retired it, but that opens up a lot of discussion for other people that might have done the same thing, just not as big or as grand. Yeah, I think with the Cubs... It's a slippery uh, slope. Yeah. Basically, it's not going to happen for a while, but with the Cubs uh, basically having the kind of optics that they have with, uh, you know, the... 
team ownership basically uh, aligning themselves with an unpopular administration with some comments uh, from the team, with the, the record being not as good as it used to be. Uh, there's going to be some narrative thrown in trying to lump Sammy Sosa in with Roberto Clemente. I think they're they're in two different levels, and uh, both baseball-wise and also reputation-wise. So it might not gel too much if they try to lump in a Sosa uh, retirement with retiring Roberto Clemente's number. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was not meaning to insinuate that they were on par, but they could quietly retire it at the same time. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe if they like do they it raised before, a flag, yeah. They finally raised a 42 flag on the pole instead mm. of having it hang on the roof. They had a ceremony, but it wasn't like a huge grand ceremony like they usually do. Right. So what they could do when they're making the ceremony for Clemente, just without even mentioning anything, just raise up another flag for Sosa. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well maybe they could do that. It'd have to be like on something small, poles. something quiet. Because I think uh, Fergie's flag and Maddox's flag are on different poles, right? Yeah. So as long as they separate the two numbers, uh, it might not be, like, that bad or anything. Oh, definitely. Just put them on different different poles and no one would be the wiser. I wonder what they did with Mariano Rivera's number, because uh, he was the last person to grandfather in uh, wearing number 42 uh, when they retired in Monument Park. I'm trying to think of whether they did retire it yet or uh yeah because are they, 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 they going to retire it for rivera well i mean they already did it for robinson they they have to do it for rivera basically the well, Yankees, they don't have to retire it. they don't have to but considering they, he's one of the greatest yeah. closers ever they probably should yeah i, I was just going to say that the yankees basically have like double digit numbers left because everything from like one to 55 has been retired <laughs> So, yeah. It, it, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. They're, I know they're every gonna, single digit is gone. They're going to have to. Probably wear, most of the teens. Yeah. They're going to have to wear, like, letters and, you know, symbols, like, you know, what Prince used to be calling himself instead of numbers because they're. Or I, I don't even know if MLB allows triple digit numbers, but that would be kind of hilarious to see, like, you know, now batting number 117. <laughs> well, they might eventually. I mean,. For Players Weekend, they're going to allow players to wear nicknames oh, on yeah. the back of their jerseys. Yeah? yeah I saw we... that not too long ago. So, Briz- Bryant and Rizzo, they might have the same last name for a weekend. Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so A A period Brizzo and then uh, K period Brizzo. <laughs> that, that might be funny. It could work. Yeah, Javi for Baez. Babe it. for... For um for Schwarber, yeah, Mini Hulk. <laughs> I I I don't know what else they they would do. Uh, they might just I I can just see somebody being like he hate me like in the XFL days, but uh, I I don't know who has that kind <laughs> of sense of humor. Yeah, they'd probably be very careful as far as what was allowed. I think mm. as long as it's appropriate and not incendiary, the MLB is going to allow it because the players' weekend uh, rules seem kind of open to interpretation. Kind of relaxed. Yeah. Could it be a hero's moment? Could they sell-
worst of these ghosts of shame. So, you know, getting back to Miguel Montero, like we're sad to see him go, but uh, this also gives us an opportunity to see a new guy in the fold. Mm-hmm. Victor, Victor Caratini. Yeah. This is a guy they got for, uh, I had to look this up because I kind of forgot, like they did so many trades with Atlanta that it was kind of hard to keep track of. But this is the catcher that they got for James Russell and Bonifacio, Emilio Bonifacio, that's right. So it's kind of funny that it took me a while to remember their names because these are two Cubs that, while they made some very important contributions on the team during their brief stints, they basically are no longer you know, on a major league roster, as far as I can tell. Yeah, from stuff that we hear from guys like Tommy Birch and other guys in the minors that cover the team, he's got a great bat. He has some good power potential. He's a good good average. He's a switch hitter. But people say he's not too great with defense, but he's got to be better than Montero, at least at throwing guys out. I think what's going to be a problem, and this is the same thing that happened with Wilson Contreras, is trying to figure out how to work with a new group of pitchers. So uh, what people don't realize is that a pitcher and catcher, their battery is a relationship, and it helps to understand pitcher tendencies. It helps to understand what they are comfortable with. It helps to understand how to talk to your battery mate and make sure that they understand, you know, I got your back. If you spike it in the dirt, I got this. I can, I can catch all the wild pitches. I can block pitches in the dirt here and there. I can uh, back you up, especially if you are bad at holding on runners. So Wilson Contreras has been able to do this. And my guess is uh, based on the numbers I've seen, Victor Caratini has been able to throw out about, anywhere between 20 to 30% of the base runners over his minor league career. Uh, he has been able to play first base as a backup. He probably doesn't have enough range to play anywhere else, but it, it helps that he can play a different position, kind of like any of the other catchers. Like I've seen Miguel Montero stand at first base every now and then, and so has Wilson Contreras. Wilson can also play left field, so we have a lot of versatility in the lineup still. Yeah, the only problem is what's always a problem when you change catchers mid-year. It's a learning experience, and it's not exactly the ideal time to learn a new pitcher or learn a new catcher. So it, it could work out. It did last year when they brought up Contreras. But like Contreras, he's not going to immediately be the starting catcher. He's going to have to earn it. And for the foreseeable future, he'll probably be backing up Contreras. Yeah. And my, I guess my main concern is that he's basically been Iowa's primary catcher for the longest time. And I don't want, you know, that kind of bat to rot, kind of like what we were thinking of with Alvaro Amora. Now, Alvaro Amora might turn out to be just a role player. And you need those guys, the guys on, on your roster. You need role players. You need role players like Tommy Lucella. Albert Amora has pretty much shifted back to not being so much a starter or a platoon player, but just a role player. He uh, you know, has a few pinch hits here and there. And maybe that's what Caratini can be in addition to being the primary backup now to uh, Wilson. 
So we know that Wilson's going to get the lion's share of starts, but we do want to see, like, well, when Kyle Schwarber comes back, I'd love to see him get, like, one or two games behind the plate at once every couple of weeks. And uh, it also is nice to have several different uh, players capable of catching, including Javier Baez, who would be, like, the emergency, emergency catcher if something weird happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure if Schwerber's even caught a game since he went down to the minors. I think they're just trying to work on his pitching or his ca- his hitting. Excuse me, my yeah. brand is frazzled. And so far, I think he's got three hits and four strikeouts. Yeah, so, it's only eight hmm? plate appearances, so it's not that yeah. big of a deal. He's oh, no. finding his way. But he's uh, still a ways from coming back. He'll be down there for a few weeks, I'm sure. Till they they can get his bat together. Right. So, so I, it'll I can, definitely be longer than the ten days. I think it'll be uh, probably he he just gets in the groove and it'll be either just before or just after the All Star break that he comes back. That that seems seems about right to me. And uh, I think Tommy Birch had said that he uh, is concentrating on outfield right now. They just want him to learn remember how to hit because we know he can hit we've seen it in the world series we've seen it in 2015 so we know what he's capable of he just has to relearn it and so unless an emergency arises there's no reason for him to catch at that moment we know that he can it's just a matter of you know protecting the knee making sure he becomes comes back true to himself as a hitter and not just a slugger as jed hoer said and just you know remember that he is uh the miniature Cubs version of the reincarnation of Babe Ruth. And you know that he's putting in the work because there's been reports that he's always the first person out there working with the hitting instructors, hitting balls off for tee. I mean, I heard that on Sunday while the Iowa Cubs were on the road, he t- called up one of the hitting instructors to meet him at the park, and they were getting the field ready specifically for him so he mm-hmm. could practice hitting. So he's putting in the work. He wants to get back. He wants to get back here and be everything that the Cubs need him to be. And hopefully soon he will be. You know, we we do hate having to see uh, Miguel Montero leave on these types of terms, but it is an exciting time for Cubs fans who have been watching Victor Caratini for for a while. He's a switch hitter, which should – uh, help a lot in matchup situations. He uh, walks enough. He doesn't strike out too much, and he seems to know what he's doing behind the plate. Like he might not have as strong of an arm as Wilson Contreras, but he should at least be able to hold runners a little better than Miguel did. So let, let's see what happens. We can hope. I mean, he can't be much worse. Uh, you never know. Uh, some some of these catchers really have noodle arms. Like I was joking to people that, you know, Miguel Montero was the type of catcher that when I was coaching high school baseball, and I would see this catcher, I would just be like, you know, he's got a terrible pop time and he has no arm. You could steal on him at will, and that's what the Nationals did that night right before he was designated. So, you know, it, it's I'm not an expert scout or anything, but it's just what I see with my own eyes, and I, I think for the most part I'm a good observer of of baseball talent. And that's that's yeah. what I saw. It's a new chapter for the Cubs. They're still in Washington today. They face the mighty Strasburg. Steven Strasburg. And we got Mr. John Lackey on the mound for the Cubs. 
Yeah. And I, I was reading uh, earlier today, like part of John Lackey's issue might be because the baseball is juiced, but a lot of it is just he's pumping the zone and he's leaving the ball up. And, you know, when he makes those types of pitches and they become mistake pitches, they're going to leave the yard. Uh, so this might be one of those games that will be super annoying for Cubs fans, or it might not be. It might be just another situation where John Lackey pitches another quality start. We never know. Yeah, let's hope he pitches a quality start because he's going to need to against Strasburg. Yeah. But if, you know, they can get into the, the bullpen, like I, I don't know if this will post like before or after the Washington series, like Washington Nationals still need to come to Wrigley Field for a three-game set later on this year. But, uh, you know, if we could get into their bullpen uh, before they activate new relief pitchers or trade for new relief pitchers, uh, the Cubs are going to have a good time, generally speaking. Yeah, I mean, they just signed uh, Francisco Rodriguez. He'll be in the pen, but not for this series. No, he's in the minors right now, and I think he has a July something opt-out if he's not uh, called up to the majors by then. I think so. Yes, I think it's July 12th. Yeah, and, you know, we make a lot of jokes like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's not going to fix your bullpen, but you, you never know. Relievers are kind of weird, kind of like with Hector Rondon. Uh, you know, he hasn't been the same since his triceps injury, but he still has a velocity. He just needs better command and to stop, like, giving up hittable pitches, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's got zip on his fastball. It's just uh, it's in, a, in the hitter's happy zones. <laughs> Yeah, he's falling victim to the old Babbitt, too. A lot of lucky things, balls falling in. And unfortunately, some of them can't be blamed on Babbitt because they're just getting hit hard. Like, a lot of the Cubs pitchers are just getting hit hard. Like, sometimes you could blame it, well, this is a duck snort. It probably would have been caught if we had a short center fielder. But, you know, those hits count. And there's not much you can do about it except try to get the next out. And sometimes it's hard for our pitchers to get the next out and can't really explain it. It's just the way baseball is. It's so unpredictable. And some of that might have to do with new baseball, as I've been saying, like, you know, depending on which kind of baseball you get, which batch of baseballs was, uh, was taken from Rawlings factory or whatever, uh, the ball might die on the warning track or it might be blasted in the third deck. You, you just never know. Yeah. You know, hopefully you can figure it out. Because we kind of need it. Our pen, our pen's doing a good job, but we need everybody to be firing in all cylinders. Yeah, for the most part, they were. And sometimes you, you'll get a bad appearance. I think, you know, eventually we're going to see Wade Davis blow a save, and then, you know, Cubs Twitter is going to clamor for Jorge Soler again, or, you know, why didn't we trade Wade Davis when we had the chance and stuff like that. And then maybe I'll, I'll throw in another clickbaity article just to mess with people while also saying my piece. Because, you know, like, once you get back past the, ar- the article's title, and I think this is something that we got to get better with, is trying to choose our words uh, to hook people into reading the articles. But I, I don't like being standard. I like being quirky, and, you know, this is just the way I am. So eh, we'll figure it out. Will you answer all our hopes and prayers? And one 
thing uh, that fans can do as they, uh, you know, finish getting mad at me for doing the clickbait and basically trolling the world. Uh, Joe Madden, once again, is not a moron, and you can tell us that on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can find us at World Series Dreaming on the Facebook. It's basically Facebook slash uh, WSD dot cubs or something like that. Uh, that'll be in the show notes. You can find Anno on Twitter at at WSDreaming underscore cubs. Right, and you can find me on Twitter at CubicSnarconia. Those will also be in the show notes. Hook, look us up on WorldSeriesDreaming.com. Write us letters and whatnot, because, you know, this is one of those things that prompted Moron Gate is people don't generally interact directly with the site itself. Like, they'll interact with us through Twitter, they'll interact with us uh, through Facebook, but you're not commenting on the blogs, you're not rating our podcast. We, we'd like to grow. Like, we're never going to really quit our day jobs unless, you know, someone gives us a whole mess of money to do this. But we'd like this little hobby of ours to grow. Like, we have almost 25,000 people on, on Facebook. We have, you know, 5,000 followers on Twitter between us, uh, most of whom we're going to assume aren't porn bots. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. hope for that. Yeah, but you know, place a comment on our on our uh, blog articles, and please rate and share this podcast, this Dreamcast, on iTunes with your friends. Like that's the only way we'll grow is with positive word of mouth, and we really do appreciate everybody who follows us. Uh, you can e- always email us directly at World Series Dreaming at Gmail dot com. And I've been neglecting to do this over the past few uh, podcasts because my mind's been scattered for, you know, many multitudes of reasons. But we've got to thank Rich Deanna for allowing us graciously to use his theme song, his, uh, his lovely Cubs song as our theme song. And we also have to re- thank our friend Randall Sanders, who is a great follow on the Twitter. You should definitely do that uh, for giving us the final out call from the World Series. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yep. Much appreciated. You make our podcast even better. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can totally follow us on Twitter. We will follow you back if you really want us to. Like, I honestly don't know why people follow us. We're kind of quirky. But uh, we do think we do a good job on this uh, Dreamcast. Like, you know, I, I guess, again, I have to apologize for Anno doing his laundry while we're recording. But, you know, life does go on, and so will this podcast, as long as people listen. And hopefully, if more of you rate and share it and our blogs, uh, we can continue growing, and we do appreciate everything that you do for us. Yep, thank you guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, hopefully, we get a pair of wins today and tomorrow. Yeah, we gotta okay. we gotta yell at Tommy to uh, to email us back so we can get him uh, to guest. I know. Yep. So so he's gonna do that. He he said he would, and he <laughs> yeah. seems Tommy like a man Bird of his said word. he'd be with us on the podcast, but he's a busy man, so got to wait in line, I guess. He's got to cover everything to do with Iowa, basically. So, obviously, he is a very busy man. Iowa is a big state. It is. 
Right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, and go Cubs. See ya. It was more than just a game.